So I'd like to remind you, when you came in, you were handed a program. just want to point out that blue sheet of paper in there. If you could take that out and fill it out sometime throughout the, the remainder of the service, we would appreciate that. It's just our way of knowing who you are and a good way for you to communicate with us. So if you could just take a few moments and do that, and then keep it handy, because we'll talk about some of the stuff on the back side of that sheet when we get towards the end of the message time. Forgot to advance the slide. How can I forgive others? How many of you would recognize the Lord's Prayer? You guys, you guys heard the Lord's Prayer before? Okay, most of us would recognize it. It's found in Matthew chapter 6. You can also read it in Luke chapter 11, and you, you know how it goes. And so what I want to do is I don't want you to recite it because that's kind of kind of weird, but I'm going to read it, and you can just kind of say it along inside your mind as we go, you know, as, as I'm reading this, and just, just follow along with me. It's not on your listening guide, but it'll be up on the screen. It says this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins just as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You have to say it, amen, if you want to be real spiritual. Say, amen. Now, we've all heard that before, haven't we? But a lot of times it's easy to go through that and gloss over some of the things. I want you, did you catch that, that uh, phrase right there in the middle of that prayer where it says, forgive us our sins as we forgive. Why is that so hard? Why is this so hard for us to do? I mean, it's one thing to ask God to forgive us, and we've talked about that a, a, you know, a couple weeks ago. Last week, we talked about forgiving ourselves, about how we need to do that so forgiveness can become real in our life, and that's hard for us to do, too, because we have a hard time forgiving ourselves a lot of times. But today, I want to talk about another difficult subject, and that is, how in the world do we forgive other people? You know, people that have harmed us, people that have screwed us over, that have done something to us, how, you know, why do we need to forgive them, and how do we do this? Now, this is tough stuff. This is, you know, this, this is hard stuff, and I think one of the reasons it's hard for us to forgive other people is because we have a misunderstanding of what forgiveness really is. We don't have a true grasp on it. So I want to start this morning by looking at what forgiveness is is not. Okay, and this is on your listening guide. Let's look at what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not justifying their actions. If you've been harmed in the past, you don't have to justify their actions. You don't have to say things like, well, you know, they didn't mean it that way, or I'm sure they were under a lot of stress, they were under a lot of pressure, you know, I'm sure they didn't mean any harm. It's not justifying their actions. And forgiveness is also not trusting the passage of time. Now, have you heard that myth that time heals all wounds? Have you heard that one before? I hear people say that, and I think, what world are you living in? You know, I've got stuff that happened to me 20, 30 years ago. Time's done nothing to erase those. No, they're still there. I can still remember them. You know, time's done nothing to, to these things. It doesn't bring about healing. Time doesn't a lot of times. So it's not trusting the passage of time. And forgiving others is not denying that I'm hurt. 
Kind of goes along with the first one. It's not saying, oh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It didn't affect me. And for all us guys here, you know, we're pretty good at this one because we like to deny. I mean, it's just a built-in thing that, that we've got going on. We're, we're tough. We're rugged. We like to pretend like things don't bother us. But, you know, for forgiveness, when, when someone hurts you, it's like getting a splinter in your finger. Have you ever done that before? I've had my fair share of splinters in my fingers. But, you know, it can be a really tiny splinter, but if you ignore it, it begins to hurt, doesn't it? And pretty soon it can affect your, your whole hand, and if you're not real careful, it can affect your whole body. So forgiveness is not denying that you are hurt, and forgiveness, forgiving others, is not confronting them personally. It's not going to them. It's not grabbing them by the shirt and shaking them and saying, give me an apology. I demand an apology right now. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is not seeking revenge, no matter how much we want to do that. Because that would be so much fun, wouldn't it? But that's not how forgiveness works. Forgiveness is not any of these things that, that we've just mentioned here. So what does it really mean to forgive others? How can we forgive others just as God has forgiven us? Now, this, this series that we're in, it's on one of the big themes of the Bible. We've been looking at forgiveness, and today I want us to look at the biblical process of forgiveness because the Bible lays out very clearly a process that we can go through, a process that we can use that will give us the freedom that can be found in forgiving others. So as we look at this, as we go through this process, one of the things I want to challenge you to do is personalize this. Make this personal in your own life. I don't want this to just be some intellectual exercise where you say, oh, you know, it's all good, that, that, you know, it, it makes sense. Instead, I want you to experience true freedom. I want you to be able to go out of here today with the true freedom because what I want to challenge you to do is think of someone that you have in your life, someone that you have in your past that you need to forgive as we walk through this so that you can make it more personal in your own life. So with that in mind, if you're one of the lucky ones that don't have anybody to forgive, then you're doing well, okay? But you can still take notes and listen and use this for the future because I guarantee you there's going to be somebody that you're going to have to forgive again, maybe even as early as, what time is it now? About 11 o'clock, 11.30, you might have to forgive somebody by then. So let's look at the steps as we go through this, and how do, how do we forgive others? On your listening guide, the first, first way that we can learn how to forgive others is just to remember how much I have been forgiven. Remember how much you have been forgiven. You know, this, this, this is the first step here. We've got to remember how much God has forgiven us. Now, how much has God forgiven you? A lot. He's forgiven us a ton. I know He's forgiven me a lot. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that he's forgiven me. Now, remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about the prodigal son. You can read about that on your own if, if you missed that one. The story of the prodigal son is actually our story. We're the prodigal son. We're the prodigal daughter who has turned our back and left our loving father. We've gone our own way. We've gone out and tried to do things on our own way, living, you know, living life like we think it should be, like we should live it. And yet when we return home, when we return back to God, God welcomes us back. And God forgives us. 
Not just partially, but he, give, he forgives us completely, totally. God doesn't make us pay it back. He forgives us freely. Now, maybe one of the reasons that it's been so hard for you to forgive other people is because you, know, you haven't fully understood how much you have been forgiven by God. And this is something that we really need to get a grasp on. Jesus, he tells another story. He told all kinds of stories. This story that we're going to talk about today, it's sometimes called the parable of the unforgiving servant. And you can read about it in Matthew chapter 18 if, if you'd like to do that. But his, this story, he tells a story about this king who's owed a ton of money. And this king, he decides to bring everybody in that owes him money and tell them to pay up. So the first guy the king calls in, he brings him in front of him. This guy owes the king millions of dollars. This owes him, you know, a ton of money. And so he comes in before him, and the king says, pay up. You, you, you better pay, and if you don't pay, then I'm going to throw you and your wife and your kids, your entire family, into prison. Because that, that's what they did back then. I mean, you, they could do that. And so this guy, he fell on his knees in front of the king, and he said, King, please be patient with me. I will pay you back. Now this guy, he was probably lying. Otherwise, he would have paid him back before then. And, you know, millions of dollars back then, as a, it was a ton of money. There's no way he would have been able to pay everything back to this king. But I want you to notice what the king did in this story. The story tells us the king looked at him, the king had pity on this man, and he forgave his debt. He said, okay, don't worry about paying me back. You're free. You know, the, the, the books have been cleared. You can go. I hold nothing against you. Well, the man who was in debt, he left the king, now free of this millions of dollars of debt, and begins walking down the street. He sees this guy on the other side of the street that owes him a few thousand dollars. This man goes up to the guy who owes him money, grabs him by the shirt, begins to shake him. Now, that was legal back in those days. You could do that. If somebody owed you money, you could take revenge on him. And so he, he grabbed him by the neck and began to shake him and said, you know, you better pay me. You better pay up. This guy who owes thousands of dollars fell down in front of this guy who had just been forgiven millions of dollars and said, please be patient with me. I will pay you back. So this guy who has been forgiven millions of dollars, he said, that's not good enough. And he had this man and his wife and his kids thrown into prison until the debt could be paid. He wouldn't wait. Now, word got back to the king. Word got back to the king of what happened, and he, obviously, you know, he was pretty upset about this, so he brought this guy in who he had forgiven millions of dollars, and I want you to look at what, what happened here. This is Matthew 18, starting at verse 32. It says, The king called the man in that he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison until he paid every penny. Now the story stops right there. That's the end of the story, but Jesus continues on and he says this, That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters 
in your hearts. That's some pretty strong language, isn't it? I mean, this is, this is pretty tough stuff here. So let me ask you again, do you have somebody that you need to forgive? Do you have someone that you need to forgive? Now, I bet from the very moment that we started talking about all this that somebody popped into your mind, and what we're talking about is very personal. This is something that hits close to home. How do you forgive others? How can I forgive these other people? The first step is to remember how much we have been forgiven. You've got to remember how much you have been forgiven by God, and then here's the key to the whole process. This is step number two. You've got to release you release the other person entirely. You release them entirely. Now, what does this mean here, you know, to release? It means to set them free. It means to no longer hold on to that bitterness, to no longer hold on to that resentment. It means to stop playing that recording of the event, the wrong that happened over and over again in your mind. It means to fully let go. It means to drop the grudge. No, stop holding on to that. So to release a person, it, it doesn't mean that you have to confront them or that you have to repair, that you even have to reconcile because forgiveness, you know, it's releasing them, it's all about your decision. It's a decision that you make. You don't even have to have a conversation with this other person in order to release them. You just choose to release them. Did you know forgiveness is a choice? It's not an emotion. Forgiveness is a choice. And when you make that choice, tremendous freedom will come to you. Now, a lot of people, instead of releasing a person, they hold on to a grudge. I guess that helps them feel like they're in control or something. You know, it gives them something to do, but they hold on to a grudge. And I want to tell you, Holding a grudge is like drinking a poison, hoping that the other person will get sick. And that makes no sense whatsoever. So do you want to walk out of here today in freedom, experiencing that joy and that freedom that God wants to give you when you forgive others? Now, as I said, it's easy to understand this in our mind. It's easy to understand it intellectually. You've got it in your head. Okay, I've got to release people. But have you ever done that emotionally? Have you ever done that in your heart? Have you worked through the process of releasing these people? Now, this can be hard. This can be extremely hard to do. So what I want to do is I want to give you a couple practical ways of releasing a person entirely. Something that will help you with this. These aren't necessarily biblical. You're not going to find them in the Bible anywhere, but they're not unbiblical either. So, you know, there's things that have been taught to us that, you know, you can, these will help you release a person. One of the first things you can do, and this isn't on your listening guide, but one of the first things you can do is to write a letter to the person who has offended you, or if you don't like writing because your hand cramps up because, you know, we don't write that much anymore, you can get down on the computer and you can type it out. If, if you want to do that. But you write out everything that you want to say to this person in this letter. At the end of the letter, you say, I am releasing you, I am forgiving you, I'm not going to hold a grudge against you. And then you set them free, and then you take that letter, you fold it up, you stick it in an envelope, and you never mail it. Seriously, you never mail it. 
burn it, send it through a, sh- a shredder, do something with it. It's your release papers. It's the freedom that comes with that. Now, silly as that might sound, it works. It helps you get stuff off of your chest. It will set you free because there's something about taking action that, you know, that we're, on this stuff that we're talking about today that really works. If you don't want to write a letter, and if you just, for some reason, you have an aversion to writing things, you can sit down and have an imaginary conversation with someone. You know, in your own house, to sit down, pull up an empty chair. I recommend not doing this when anybody else is around because they'll think you're nuts. They'll think that you've gone off to deep end. But you sit down and have an imaginary conversation with someone, just like they're sitting there. And, you know, there's something kind of cathartic about having this conversation with them and this dialogue as you release them. You're verbalizing it then. So when you fully release a person, what is it that, that you're doing? Well, you're doing a couple things. The first thing you're doing is, I'm giving up my right to repayment. When somebody hurts us, when somebody harms us, we think that they are now in debt to us, that they owe us something, that you know, we deserve something from them. You know, just as a king in our story released the debt of the other person who owed him millions, we need to release. We need to no longer hold that against them. And secondly, I'm releasing my rights to revenge. When someone hurts you, it is natural to want to hurt them back. And there's something a little fun with doing that too. I mean, we, you know, we just want to get back. We want to do something to them. You know, we want to seek revenge. You know, what they did to me, you know, I'm going to get them back twice as bad. And, you know, we don't need to be doing that kind of stuff. We don't need to get caught up in that kind of game because revenge is not our job. We're not in the business of, re- of revenge. God says he'll take care of it. Look at this next verse. This is Romans chapter 12, verses 17 through 19. It says, Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Dear friends, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God, for it is written, I will take vengeance. I will repay those who deserve it, says the Lord. Forgiveness is always a choice. And then once you take that big step of releasing them, which that's a huge step, you need to do number three, and that is recognize. Now you're ready to recognize God's purpose in this situation and in in the process that you're going through. You cannot recognize God's purpose until you have released the person. Until you have done that first. Now, if you try to do it in reverse, which we try to do this all the time, it's just going to lead to confusion. Now, our natural human tendency and what we want to do a lot of times is we say, God, if you will just show me, you know, what you're trying to teach me in this, then it will make it so much easier and I will be able to release that person. I will be able to forgive them then. But that's not the way it works. God says, nope, you got to do it. You have to take action first. You have to forgive them, and then after you release them and forgive them, then I can show you my purpose. Then I will be able to communicate with you and help you through this. Because what happens when we're holding a grudge, when we're holding that against someone, we are separating ourselves from God. 
We're separating ourselves from God. He can't speak to us properly. He can't communicate with us. But when we release that person and we no longer have that barrier in the way, then we have opened ourselves up to God and he will be able to teach us. Look at Romans 8.28. It says, God works all things together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now this verse right here is very important in understanding God's his purpose in this process. First of all, all things are not good. Okay? Not all things are good. That's probably a better way to say it. Not all things are good. The Bible says that not all things that happen to us are good. I mean, there's stuff that's happened to you in your past, not good. I mean, it's just bad stuff. But God is saying, I can miraculously bring good out of this bad if you let me, if you allow me to do that. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, Joseph, in the Old Testament, I mean, he's a guy who got, he was totally screwed over in his life. And you don't know his story, you need to read it. But look at what he said in Genesis 50, 20. He says, God turned into good what you meant for evil. That is the miracle of forgiveness. When you and I release someone else, you know, that, that bad situation, we can still recognize God's purpose. We can still recognize his purpose, and he will take that something bad and bring something good out of it. Joseph recognized that. That's, that's what he meant here. Now, I know some of you have gone through some really tough stuff. I mean, we probably don't even have... I you know, can't even begin to guess some of the things that's happened to people in this room. And, you know, people have harmed you. People have harmed you in, in bad ways. I don't know what God's purpose is in that situation, but I do know if you follow this process, if you're sincere about it and really go through this, that God will turn the thing that was meant for evil and bring good out of it. Now, these steps we've just talked about, these are absolutely mandatory. You cannot skip over these. You've got to do these things. Number four, what we're going to talk about is conditional. This one is optional. And that is reestablish the relationship. Reestablish the relationship. Quick quiz. If you use your deductive reasoning and... You might be able to guess this one. It's true or false. You have 50-50 chance. Forgiveness and reconciliation are the same. Forgiveness and reconciliation are the same. True or false? The answer is false. All right. I got it right. There are times, I'm, I might say something that will shock you, but it will give you tremendous freedom in your life. There are times when you should not reestablish the relationship. There are times when you don't have to do that. For example, you don't reestablish a relationship if it's going to lead to more personal harm. Okay, God says you never, he, I mean, he never says that you have to reestablish a relationship. You've got to use your own wisdom to decide whether or not it needs to be reestablished. Also, don't reestablish a relationship 
if you expect an apology. Now, we go to reestablish a relationship with someone, and we have this, you know, recording in our mind of how it's all going to play out, and, you know, we're going to walk around the corner, and that person's going to be over there, and they're going to see us, and they're going to come running towards us, you know, fall down, you know, face down in front of us, and say, you know, I was so wrong to you. Please forgive me. You know, please forgive me and bring me back into your life. I feel so terrible over that. It's not going to happen. That only happens in the movies. You know, that's just the Hollywood version. It doesn't happen in real life. So if you're expecting an apology, then don't even try. But if you can, if it is possible, God is so interested in relationships, you know, if it can happen, then do it. If it can happen, then you need to do it. But whether or not you reestablish a relationship, you must first release them, then you got to recognize God's purpose in this, the whole thing that's been going on. So the Bible tells us if you can't reestablish a relationship, what you can do is you can begin acting in good ways towards a person. Okay, let's look at this next verse. This is our suggested memory verse for the week. If you want to memorize a verse, this is our suggestion. It's Romans 12, 21. Don't let evil get the best of you but conquer evil by doing evil. That's what we want to hear, right? I mean, deep down inside, that's what, that's what we want the, the verse to say there. But, you know, you come down on me, I'm going to come down on you even harder. You slap me upside the head, I'm going to slap you twice with a baseball bat. You know, I'm going to get you back even, even worse. But that's not what it says. Let's, let's read this verse again. I'll try to get it right this time. It says, don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing good. What does that mean? It means if you can't reestablish a relationship, that's the ultimate good, reestablishing the relationship, you can begin to act in good ways towards this person. Now, you may have to do it privately, you know, not necessarily publicly, but privately, you begin to change the way you think about this person. You begin to change the way that you talk about it. You begin to pray and ask, not for God's vengeance, but you ask for God's blessing upon this person. And you begin to just look for ways where you can act in good ways towards this person. And you may even need to decide to stop talking about it, the things that have happened in the past, and just let it go. But I want to tell you something. Biblically, it is okay not to establish the relationship. Now, let's say, for example, let's give you an example here. Your best friend has an affair with your spouse. You know, that would be an injustice. That would be, you know, something that would be <laughs> very terrible. But according to the Bible, you have to act in good ways. You have to forgive that person but you don't have to remain friends. That doesn't mean that you're going to hang out anymore. It doesn't mean there's going to be barbecues at your house on Saturday nights because, I mean, that's over. Forgiveness? Yes. Reconciliation? Only if possible. Now, if you've forgiven the offender, if you have released the other person, if you're following this process, you know, and you go through this process that we're talking about today, then you should feel no guilt 
and no shame whatsoever that the relationship hasn't been fully restored. That will give you tremendous freedom. It's okay not to restore the relationship, and there are times, you know, when we should, there are times when we shouldn't. Look at this next verse, Romans 12, 18. It says, do your part to live in peace with everyone as much as possible. Now, this says a couple interesting things. First, it says, do your part. It means it's up to you to decide. You've got to make the decision here. You can't force the other person to release you, but you can release them. You can't force the other person to find God's purpose in the process and everything that's been going on, but you can do your part to discover God's process. You do the side of the equation that you can do. And then it says, as much as possible. If possible. If it's not possible, then you skip this step, you skip number four, and then you move on to number five, and that is repeat the process. You repeat the process. Have you guys ever read the back of a shampoo bottle? Ever done that before? That's kind of kind of weird what it says on there. Yeah, it says, wash, rinse, repeat. Now, I think it's just a big scam to try to sell more shampoo, actually, but you know, that, 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 that's what it says there. But the process of forgiveness, it's the same way. You're going to go through this process for the rest of your life. God doesn't promise you perfection in this life. I wish he could, but he doesn't promise us perfection. That's only when we get to heaven. And so now on this earth, we're going to have to repeat the process. We're going to have to go through this on a continual basis. In Matthew chapter 18, right before Jesus told the story about the king and the servants, just before that, Peter comes to Jesus and apparently, I don't know what was going on, but there had been some kind of discussion among Peter and the disciples, or there was some headbutting going on, or some grudges being held. And so Peter comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, how many times do we need to forgive somebody? How many times do we need to forgive? Now, in that day, there was a set number of times that you had to forgive somebody. The, the law also said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And it also said that. But Jesus said now. Let me tell you something. I'm going to give you a new law. I'm going to give you a new principle here. And in Matthew 18, 22, he answers, and it says Jesus replied 70 times 7. Okay, I got it. 490 times. You know, that's what Jesus was talking about there. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, how many times do you want God to forgive you? That's what this means right here. How many times do you want God to forgive you? You know, I know this may come to an incredible shock to most of you this morning, but there's been times in my life when I've done things wrong, you know, thousands of times. Now, I've just screwed up thousands and thousands of times, and I go to God to ask him to forgive me. I say, God, please forgive me. Now, what if he would come back to me and say, okay, Nate, I'm sorry, that was number, according to my calculations, that was 491. Nope, you're out of luck. 
You're toast. No, there's no way I'm going to forgive you now. Now, he doesn't do that, does he? Instead, no matter how, times when I, how many times I go to God and ask him to forgive me, he forgives me every single time. That's just how he works. So when we are hurt by other people and we go to God and we say, God, how many times do I need to keep forgiving this person? Seventy times seven in God's math is not 490. Seventy times seven in God's math is every time. You've got to do it every time. Now, I know this is tough stuff. This is hard stuff, and so next week, we're going to spend all next week talking about is forgiveness really forever? But you've got to understand that you know, some of the strongest theological teachings in the Bible around this principle that we're talking about today is that our forgiveness that we receive from God is somehow connected on the forgiveness that we offer to other people. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, it says this. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Strong stuff. Pretty blunt, pretty straightforward. This is a huge issue. This is a big issue here. God desires what is best for you. And God says that the only way that you can experience His best and experience the freedom that He wants you to have is to forgive others. When someone wrongs you, you forgive them. Now, when it comes to forgiveness, remember, forgiveness is a choice. It's not an emotion. It's a choice. Today, you have a choice. You have a choice to make. On one side of the equation, you can choose to hold on to the grudges. You can choose to hold on to the past and hold on to the, 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 bitterness, the bitterness and let all that stuff build up in your lives, a desire for revenge that you have, and you can, you, know, you can live that way. And that stuff will continue to dominate your life. Or you can choose to forgive the other person. You can find release. You can find that freedom, that peace that God offers when we forgive the other person. When you choose to forgive, and it's not an easy thing to do, now I'm not saying it's easy, but when you choose to forgive, you're basically saying, God, take me to a higher level of living. Help me to take the high road. And so my challenge to you today, choose freedom. Choose to forgive. Release that person that you have been holding on to. Drop the grudges. Take the necessary steps. Experience the freedom. And experience the freedom that is found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, where it says, Be kind and loving to each other and forgive others just as God forgave you in Christ. Now, if you take out your PR sheet, let's look at the back of that. There's some questions 
there on the back under my next step that will help you process what we've talked about today and help you apply some of these things to your life. If you want to memorize a Bible verse, if you want to you know, step up and try to do that, then you can mark that first box. I'll memorize Romans 12, 21 this week. And then some questions for you that will really help to bring this home. I'm going to hold on to my grudge, or I'm going to release and forgive. You got to make a choice. It's there in front of you this morning. And then yes or no, I understand that forgiveness is not an emotion, but a choice. You know, which one is it? And then answer, you know, who do I need to forgive? And you don't really have to write a name down there if you don't want anybody else to see it, because even if you do, we'll keep it confidential, but, you know, make a mark or something just signifying that, you know, you've been thinking about it. Now, who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to apply all this stuff we've talked about today towards? And use these to help you Really take what we've talked about and apply it to your life so that it can be made real to you and so that you can experience that freedom and that peace that comes through forgiveness. Right in just a moment, we're going to have a time of communion, and this is something that we do every Sunday here at Freedom Ridge. And you now, this is our ultimate weekly remembrance of the forgiveness that God has offered to us. 